Good news is my computer did not blow up when I hit stream today. That's that's great. That's you know what? It's the little things this week, JB. The little, the things, little things after yeah. everything that's been going on this week. Uh, I feel like we are the uh, bearers of every piece of bad news possible in mayor life. Uh, it's been a long week, but uh, there's something therapeutic about doing this live show every week for me that I kind of I'm beginning to look forward to every time. It's not just to see the Peloton bike that's behind you. Yeah, no, I, and I actually rode that Peloton bike yesterday, Frank, for 30 minutes, so it, it, it is getting used in spite of my appearance. Um, yeah, this this uh, this week has been a little topsy-turvy. It's been tough, um, you know, with the loss of Lenny, and then, you know, you, you put out a tweet on Wednesday about the loss of one of the Muhlenberg parents. It's just, it's, it's been a rough, it's been a rough week, it's been a rough couple of days however you want to put it but hey we're we're here it's friday we're on the verge of week eight we're getting to the final four weeks of the season and it's actually kind of cold here in florida i'm, I'm wearing the sweatshirt that i got from coach palaz from montclair state less than 60 degrees feels like fall i'm loving it well um this color uh, that uh, you're wearing uh, is going to have a lot of uh, discussion, I think, uh, in this show. It's a little uh, deeper red, or should be deeper red looking than it is on this uh, screen. But uh, yeah. a, lo a lot of red uh, and uh, maybe some um, Mises uh, or Moose, uh, if that's the plural. Uh, we'll have a lot of discussion about that. We'll also have uh, some discussion about a big game in the Midwest, Albion uh, facing Trine. And, uh, yeah. and Trine's been uh, giving me, uh, keeping me afloat a little bit the uh, last couple of weeks, although we matched on the uh, call last week. Uh, the prior mm. week, they gave me a little edge on you. So, uh, you know, I I'm curious to see uh, what our guest has to say today. Uh, so scheduled to appear will be Kyle Nafe from Trine, the inside linebacker. But nonetheless, uh, folks, this is week number eight of season 15 of In the Huddle. Someday I'm going to create a uh, little uh, version of that with your uh, picture in the window without you realizing it's up there and uh, let, let people I watch you like, dance to it. I just have a lot, of, a lot of fun with the theme song. I can't help it. What, what am I going to do? <laughs> that's, why, that's why it's a great theme song. If you can enjoy it, if yeah. you dance to it, I guess yeah. it's, it's great. It's like the old Dick Clark thing on American Bandstand. Yeah, I'll give it an 82 because I can dance to it. Uh, anyway, uh, so here's some things I can dance to. Um, first off, Boston Spa High School has a huge game uh, tonight against Burn Hills Boston Lake, which is a crosstown rival, and a win will give them, I believe, entry into a sectional uh, the, after the uh, season's over. So I will not be going out to Buffalo State. Sorry, guys. Mayor duties uh, call. Plus, it's nice to sleep yeah. in my own bed on a Friday night once in a while. Uh, but uh, that, that's a uh, game, uh, one of the rare Friday night games left until we get to week number that's 11. The only one. Uh, week yeah, 11, there's yeah, two. The there's Rowan and... Uh, oh, that's I true. There, there's the double jersey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep, yeah. There there are. But yeah. I mean, it's this game isn't going to be necessarily a key game or the game of the week because, let's face it, I mean, Ithaca's second or third string would probably play most of this game. Unfortunately, the, the Bengals are having a rough season 
Ithaca is rolling. This will be a little tune-up for them, but you know it bears mentioning it's the only game that's on tonight, so there you have it. We have the rear double match going on, our uh, games of the week in each region, but I also do want to uh, kind of uh, flag this uh, Wilkes versus Delaware Valley game because Wilkes has quietly only amassed one loss in this season, I believe, to Laval uh, earlier this year. And so Wilkes, uh, you know, going in a little upstart uh, to Delaval, but you look at their schedule that they've played so far, not really that strong. So I don't expect uh, miracles against Louis Berrios, the fourth and company of Delval, but I'll let you go through the rest of regions one and two. Well, obviously, we like the game that's going on in D.C. It's our Region 1 game of the week with Merchant Marine at Catholic, and I know that, um, you know, should things have panned out otherwise, you, maybe you would have made the, the train ride down there to, to check that one out because that's a big game in the new Mac. Uh, Endicott, it has to travel all the way up to Maine to play UNE. It's, it's one of their longer road trips. I mean, the Gulls got into the top 25 this week in the coaches' poll. They deserve that ranking, in my opinion, the way they've played this season. And so we'll have to see if, if uh, UNE can maybe trip them up. But the goals have been rolling. They've been looking great. And then in the MAC, we have Leb Val versus Kings. Kings very quietly flying under the radar. They only have one loss in, in, you know, this season. I think 5-1, and 6-1. and one. They're doing really well. And same thing with, um, with Wilkes and Del Val. It's another great MAC matchup. And then the game of the week for Region 2. You'll be there with the Chicken Riggies, Cortland versus Utica, basically for the Empire 8 title, and then Westminster. Can they trip up a, a Grove City team that may have Pool C potential, but just given the huge pileup of teams in Region 2, they may not quite uh, make the cut, but at least you know we know our friends from the ECAC will be having at least three or four bowl games if for some reason Grove City doesn't get an invite to the tournament, I imagine they will be hosting another bowl game down there in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it, it is an interesting situation developing a Region 2, and now this whole seven teams in a region being ranked in a region that has five conferences is yeah. really bad timing for the Region 2 right now because how do you handle this? How do you realistically rank teams like a Grove City and give them an opportunity to really be looked at as equal in this whole uh, process across the country. Uh, we'll see what happens, uh, but uh, what is really becoming interesting is that this is the region, Region 2, that you'll see more one and two lost teams of strength, but especially one lost teams of strength, that uh, compared to the rest of the country, I, I think this is going to be the highlight region, but whether or not the committee thinks the same in terms of the overall strength of it will be an entirely different story. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, coming through. You and I are both a little hoarse today. I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, but I was screaming at a volleyball championship match last night, so that's my excuse anyway. How'd it go? <laughs> you know, we took the number four team in the entire state of Florida um, to the limit. Uh, unfortunately, our girls came up a little bit short, but they're still finished you know, runner-up in the district championship, so we'll take it. Uh, we won a set, which was great, against a team that's really barely lost all year. We'll probably see them in the regionals again. It was a good confidence builder. We'll get them next time. There you go. I like the spirit. Uh, let's go to uh, a spirited uh, set of regions here, regions three and four, and uh, that Barry versus Trinity game is something that I'm a little bit interested to uh, watch to see if Trinity bounces back well after the week off uh, following that big 
uh, to do uh, versus Birmingham Southern. You cannot sleep on Barry, especially with their new quarterback. It looks like a pretty good uh, mix out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough not seeing Gavin Gray uh, in the uh, pocket, but at the same time, uh, you know, life does have to move on on the football field, and they're doing so at Barry. What do you think here uh, as we begin to uh, look at this region? Well, yeah, and, you know, for the longest time, Barry was the team in, in the SAA, and, and Trinity's kind of been an upstart in the last year or so, and, and so I think the, the Vikings feel like, hey, we can pull this off. They, they won by a blocked extra point on the road last week. Maybe they can you know, do it again, so we'll have, to, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. That would have major national implications if, if Barry is able to pull off the upset. Randolph-Macon is playing Shenandoah in the ODAC. That's a big game for, for both of those teams. Shenandoah has one loss to Bridgewater, so it's not undefeated versus undefeated. But if Randolph-Macon wants to secure that ODAC championship, they've got to win this one. And then in, in the four, we've got a lot of great games with Denison versus Wittenberg, Albion Trine, DePaul, Ohio Wesleyan, Franklin, Rose Holman. You know, it's interesting, Frank, in the, in the HCAC, or the Heartland, which includes Mount St. Joseph and Hanover, a lot of those teams, there's four, I think, that are 3-0 and in conference. They said, yep. you know, Franklin and Rose-Holman started off 0-3, but they've won their last three conference games, and so there's still a round robin to be played out there in the Heartland. That'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, but Albion Shrine is, is my pick for the game of the week. Albion seems to be in control of its destiny as far as the uh, MIAA goes, but Trine pulled off a pretty big win. They knocked off undefeated Olivet last week in like triple overtime. A guy I think we're going to talk to in, in a minute, I, when I was watching back our crunch time replay, he was in on some of those tackles at the goal line that, that made a big difference. So let's see what happens. I can see, uh, you know, it's Friday morning. Not everybody schedules classes on Friday morning. They want to sleep in, especially on a football weekend. But uh, I, I see a man who's got the hair slicked back. He's ready to go right now in my uh, preview window here. So I give him a second to settle in in his chair and then bring in Kyle Nafe from Trine University. Now, Kyle, hey first off, we, I got to ask you, we were trying to get the pronunciation this morning, but nobody gave it to us. So I want to make sure, is it Nafe? Yeah, it's Nafe. Okay, sir. Uh, you're you're a big guy. I don't want to upset you because you'll find me, and that'll be the end of me, and uh, all that stuff. But uh, congratulations so far on how uh, things have gone this season. But I'm going to read you a little uh, snippet of what I wrote in Quick Hits today. Uh, I actually uh, to uh, maybe give away what I'm picking later and save some time. Which top 25 team is most likely to be upset? I picked number 20, Albion versus Trine, and I write Trine needed to lose versus Alma. The Thunder were winning, uh, playing inconsistent football while uh, winning uh, prior to that game. Uh, that the last two games were impressive, uh, close performances. They figured out how to win, which is crucial at this point in the season, and which will continue against Albion Saturday. So what do you think about that uh, first statement, though? That trying needed to lose versus Alma. Did you guys learn a lot about yourselves and your team in that loss? Oh yeah, um, losing against Alma really. Uh put things into perspective for us. Uh, we got to deal with adversity when it comes our way. And uh, I think we uh, handled the rest of the, the season pretty well. And we came back uh, against Olivet and Rose Holman. Uh, I think without those wins too, we don't, we don't uh, have the confidence in ourselves. So even when we're down, you know, we're still in the game. Like I was telling Frank before you joined us, Kyle, uh, I watched the replay of that 
double or triple overtime game you, you guys played last weekend when you knocked off all of that. I saw you in on some of those tackles. What was that like as a defense? You know, you're you're on the two yard line or something like that, back backs against the wall. What were you guys saying to each other, or was it just focus in? You made the. I saw you in on those tackles. Walk us through last weekend's kind of final moments and what that felt like. Yeah, you know, it's every defensive player's uh, dream to, you know, have control of the game. And when when you get down to triple overtime, it's just two point conversions, and uh, we're just we got to get a stop. You know, we had to buckle down, and uh, as a defense, we were just super focused. And I don't know if we were really saying too many things, but uh, I'm super proud uh, to be a part of this team, and it was a great uh, defensive stop at the end. I'm glad that you Absolutely. knew it was two-point conversions because the uh, uh, webstream guys did not know what the heck was going on in overtime. It was kind of funny to watch develop <laughs> for the Olivet guys there, but uh, I think they were handing them notes as uh, people would hear them saying, uh, they have to go for two in the second overtime after a touchdown, and then it's just two-point conversions in the third overtime, which is a change uh, over the last couple of years uh, compared to what we were used to uh, with the old SEC seven-overtime games in the uh, you know, 2010s that we all uh, knew and loved, and I'm sure the players hated. Uh, but listen, this game coming up against Albion, you can't overstate how big this game is for your school, especially after dropping one. Whether or not you drop the game versus Alma, you still have to win this game, realistically, in the conference. And Albion puts up some points. Defensively, how do you slow down this Albion team and allow your offense and Alex Price to really get their foothold and take the lead and keep it in this game? Yeah, so uh, Albion's a really fast-paced offense. They got a, a nice RPO setup going, and uh, for if we do our job as a defense, and you know, everybody does their one eleventh, and uh, I think we can take care of the run and make them resort to passing and we can take care of the pass. And I think that uh, if we all do our job, then we got a, a good setup going. Well, you guys are definitely doing something right across the board. I saw um, you know, one of the top 25 voters, Logan Hansen. Um, he has the MIAA. Some of your strength of schedule numbers are through the charts. So you guys are not uh, taking the easy road, but I guess maybe to sort of have a little fun here, you know, Kyle, since you go up against them in, in practice every day, can you um, can you comment on your running back, uh, Zane Kirby's hair? Does, does he have the best flow in all of Division Three, or maybe even in the country? Should he have an NIL deal with head and shoulders or something? Because, I mean, that guy has got, like, a, a mane of something that I've never seen before. Can you please comment on that? Yeah, he's got a – he's got quite a – a head of hair, you know. He's got like a Troy Palomalo-esque uh, fro going on, curly hair, and uh, I, I do think he should have. A, I do think he should have an NIL deal with Head and Shoulders. That would be awesome. My oh my! Uh, when the serious show uh, takes a uh, left turn here on Impottle. Uh but uh, okay, as uh, JB was talking about this uh, four-way race in the MIAA, uh, or in the Heartland rather, but uh, similar uh, in your conference, this is still a wide-open conference in a lot of people's minds, and there's some discussion about Pool C opportunities as well for the MIA, which you don't necessarily hear every year. Uh, the, people don't give you a strength of schedule uh, rating that people really want to hear about. So. What is Coachman saying to you guys about a game like this? What what is uh, you know the the 
you've been on the road, I think, the last couple of weeks in the wins uh, since the Alma loss. So now coming back home, how important is that as well? So what is the coachman saying, and how does it feel to be back home for that matter? You know, it's always awesome being uh, playing at home uh, with the atmosphere with your fans. It's always awesome. Uh, ever since the beginning of the season, you know, our coach has been saying we control our own destiny. And even after this Alma loss, we still uh, that's still true. And uh, <clears throat> I, I think that this this type of big game is what we're accustomed to. Uh, I feel like every team we've been playing so far has been undefeated, and you know it's been a, a crazy season so far. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I, I love tuning into your guys' games because you you got like the smoke machines going, you got the lights, and when you guys run out onto the field, and and you know I think the last home game you guys had close to five thousand fans. I mean, it, it's a it's like in a very electric atmosphere. Is that kind of what you're expecting for Saturday? Oh yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty big crowd. Uh, with, of course, we have the smoke the smoke machine every game, and uh, it'll be a loud and crazy atmosphere. So uh, appropriate a little for bit the of, thunder, Frank. Yeah, no kidding. A little bit about uh, <laughs> Kyle. Uh, from what I understand, you are uh, looking uh, in the engineering field after graduation, is the rumor I hear, and uh, that means you're a pretty smart dude uh, over there uh, at Shrine. Uh, what what is next to you? Because you're listed as a senior, but we we can no longer tell on these rosters who's got a year left, who doesn't. So, what is the future after this season for Cal Nafe? So uh, I am a senior like a legitimate senior right now I've been for I've been here for four years and because of COVID I do have an extra year but that is a, a big decision that I have not made yet and it'll take a lot of thought so well yeah uh, you and a Kyle, lot of other people of have COVID, that yeah and, and Kyle I don't know I mean the rest of the country may not realize this but Trine was one of the very few colleges period that actually played some games in the fall of 2020 uh, I think you guys had four or five games. Your, your university sort of went above and beyond to, to really try to get you guys on the field. What did that COVID season feel like for you guys? And kind of looking back now, I mean, it's a couple of years removed, but you know, what what did that that season kind of mean to your team? Uh, the COVID year was a little weird. We everything was uh, you know we all had to be split up. We had uh, practices that were like in groups and like pods and we were testing three times a week. It was, a, uh, it was pretty, uh, not common of course, but, uh, that year we kind of, the opportunity to play was, was there for us and it wasn't there for everybody else. So I really do appreciate that from all the coaches and all the people that made that work. And, uh, we, of course we took it seriously. You know, we try to win every game we can and get some, uh, good opportunities to get some playing time, you know? Yeah, I mean, we always talk about this idea that, uh, you know, teams that go to the playoffs have the advantage with extra games of practice uh, or extra weeks of practice, extra games and whatnot. I mean, last year didn't necessarily turn out uh, the way you wanted it to, but do you think having the collective last couple of years together uh, and you look back at all of it, is it something that's helped this team build to a point where, 2022 has turned out to be a better year than last year as long as you guys continue to win here yeah you know uh with, with especially with the exception of the, the covid year uh i think all of, all of or if not most of the defense have had like playing time has started a game and you know that 
that increases the bond that we have together. And we have, we do, we, uh, the chemistry this year has been the best that I've ever seen. So. Well, Kyle, we, uh, we appreciate you joining us today. And I, you know, one of the things you may have seen either coach abs or maybe your, uh, your quarterback, Alex price, who has been on the show before it's our, time-honored tradition of letting our student athletes have a chance to do some shout outs for any friends family you know moms dads grandparents whoever uh don't forget uh don't forget like your kindergarten teacher or something i'm just kidding <laughs> shout outs for for you kyle thanks for joining us <laughs> thank you for having me on i uh, just want to shout out my parents who have gotten me here james uh james and amy nafe and then my coach abs for uh having me on here as well i appreciate it thank you guys Coach seems like a great uh, guy. I would love to meet him sometime in person. Uh, just uh, the stuff we see from the video from uh, you guys and uh, interviews he does, he just seems to have a certain energy about him that is rare but great yeah. in that respect. So send him our best. Before and, you, uh, wait, oh, oh, oh time I have up. to, I have to, I have to, I have to ask Kyle. So I, you probably have seen the the infamous Twitter clip where your coach was getting interviewed and one of your wide receivers like crashes into his knees. What's what were you on the field when that happened? Like what? I mean, fortunately he fortunately he was okay, but like that, that was like yeah. the craziest thing. Now, I said fortunately, Frank. Come on, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that because that was crazy to see. Like the coach just standing there, and all of a sudden, like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was the beginning of the year. Um, we were he was doing an interview on the sideline, of course, and uh, there we were doing kickoff and some uh, special teams. So we had some freshmen out there on a uh, kicker turn doing some, uh, some scout looks. And uh, <laughs> one of the freshmen came running off the sideline and he got pushed probably 10 yards out, out and uh, just clipped him in the back of the legs. It was, it was pretty funny. We were making fun of him for a while. Is that freshman still on the team? I bet. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He'll be a future guest of, in the huddle, I think, Frank. We'll have to get him yes. on. A little bit fractured. Uh, but anyway, uh, Kyle, we appreciate you joining us. Good luck this weekend against Albion. Obviously, I have a slight rooting interest because you know how I'm picking today, and I need to gain five games back against JB. So I don't know if he's going to pick you guys or Albion later. Stay tuned to the show during predictions. But you guys have been helping me stay afloat here. So win this game. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was a, bl- it was a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. JB, we'll go back to that slide, though, to uh, show again uh, the context yeah. of the game. Uh, and it's it's really important uh, for them. Uh, we, again, we can't overstate this. They need to win. Uh, that Alma loss, yeah. obviously, put them behind the eight ball. But it's not done. It's not over in the MIAA. And if they can continue to win no. with just one loss, you're looking at a team that probably is a legitimate pool C team. Well, and or they could maybe pull off the conference championship in the tiebreaker situation because almost still has to play, I think, Albion and at least one other team that's in contention there. So anything's possible. I mean, this this could be a path to the championship and a pool A bid. It's not just pool C. The conference is, is definitely not decided yet. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens in the MIA. I got a little... Uh, I got a little update here, Frank, from one of our friends of friends of in the huddle about there is actually a second Friday night game tonight. Our our friend uh, Cuffy Cakes, you know, I don't know if it's Antony or I, I never I can never pronounce Antoine. his name correctly. Antoine, I think Antoine Cuff, yeah. Cuff. So, yep. and he's a, and he's a CPA, so you know he'll take care of your accounting for you. But he says 
Salisbury versus Christopher Newport is being moved to tonight because apparently some uh, one of the field hockey teams, either CNU or Salisbury, is the number one ranked team in the country and will be hosting, I think, an NCAA tournament game on Saturday. So we have Friday Night Lights and the NJAC, apparently. So two games on tonight. There you go. I, I, I'm not going to that one either. I just want to make it clear out there. I'm going to a <laughs> high school game in Balsa Spa, New York. But I uh, appreciate yeah. that uh, information. Got to do the ma- I, mayoral duties. Yeah, something like that. So uh, yeah, let us go. Yeah, yeah, no, let's not even. Uh, let's go to regions five and six. <laughs> uh, what interests me here, we actually have differing uh, answers in both regions as to what our game of the week is. And I think... You yeah. can't go wrong at any of these four games because they are critical. And that PLU-Linfield game is very interesting to see right now because yeah. PLU is having a decent go of it. Uh, obviously, they're, they're not the PLU, remember, from you know the early 2000s type of situation here by any stretch of the imagination. But they are looking to get a foothold. And what better way to do it than against Linfield? But go Region 5 first, and then we'll talk about Region 6. Yeah, and apparently that uh, <laughs> that Salisbury CNU game is November 11th. It's not this weekend, so anyway. Oh, but I, I digress. But um, yeah, I mean North Central versus WashU is the de facto CCIW championship game. I mean, I think WashU still needs to play Wheaton, which will have an impact on Pool C. Big game for both teams. The Bears looked a little shaky at times against Augustana, but pulled away late. So that that should be a good matchup. Chicago. Lost the game. Rippon is still undefeated. They were able to hang on for a two-point win over Lake Forest and, and controls of their destiny in the Midwest Conference. Their coach is on his farewell tour, so there maybe a little extra added emotion there with that team. And then, you know, this Whitewater-Platteville game, Frank, is interesting because of Platteville's you know, wins that they've had of late with uh, River Falls. And I think they also, didn't they, they beat... Uh, they're, like they're destroying John's. Yes, they be, they beat Bethel when Rossi was out, but they're destroying their own <laughs> yeah. conference. If they were to beat Whitewater, you have just got a complete disaster brewing in terms of a pool C opportunity in that conference, and so a blank it, show, as we would say. Yeah, almost. Uh, so I mean, if Platteville can pull this off at home uh, for the second straight week, I, I don't even know what to say or where to go with it. those region six or region. Uh, yeah, region six. Uh, regional rankings eventually that come out, the ones that we actually see rankings on, uh, will be very interesting to see if any additional uh, WEAC team gets ranked beyond the uh, the team leading the conference at that point because they might all have two to three losses ultimately. And th- I mean, we're in an unheard of yeah. territory here where everybody assumes a second WEAC team gets in through Pool C, and yet... Will they really dig down to two through losses, three losses in this type of situation if there are a bunch of one-loss teams of quality out there? I don't know. This is going to be very interesting yeah. to watch play out. And I, and I was thinking, actually, Frank, I mean, you know, in Region 6, the reality is that probably Linfield will be the only team to finish undefeated. I mean, they have to get by PL, PLU, which is a, a good team and certainly not something they can overlook, but the... I know the first set of rankings will be alphabetical order, so we won't really know. But you know, I was, I was realizing that there's still a possibility that Linfield, if they don't necessarily score enough points or whatever, that they could end up, even as an undefeated team, be ranked below some other Region Six teams that have won, 
loss, maybe more. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out. But this is a big game for the for the Wildcats. Something they can kind of you know keep sort of proving themselves to the nation as a as a legit number one seed potentially. You know, we'll have to wait and see how that that plays out. And then out on the West Coast, we have a couple of late games with Pomona Pitzer, who, once again, very quietly under the radar, only has one loss, and they could potentially win win the Skyac, uh, Laverne, Redlands. Redlands having a rough year. We'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. So uh, today we only have one video, one hype video to show you, and uh, JB uh, picked it out, and I will let you uh, introduce this from Mr. Tony Maldonado. This guy is hysterical. I mean, it just it, it, I imagine we're around the same age because you know the, the portrayals of like the Hulk Hogan, who is probably the most Florida guy ever. Um, you know, but the, the, he's an '80s guy through and through. You know, the references with the with the uh, House of Dragons. I mean, just he he puts together these little um, hype videos for the pioneers every week, and they're really funny. I saw this. I, I cracked up. I was like, we got to put this on the show. Here we go. Big Tone here for another week of the Moose Mania Minute. Here we go. 6-0. and oh, Another week, another challenge. The old saying goes, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And there is no doubt that is the defending champs, the Cortland Red Dragons. We currently have a live feed from an undisclosed location. Let's see what the people think. Ooh, easy there, big fella. Let's put those dragons away. Dragons don't matter here, brother. Because we got the general Braden Z in the air raid offense. We got Henry Warren in the dark side defense. What you gonna do, brother? What you gonna do when all the moose and maniacs, the 12th man in the herd, run wild on you? I think you're going to have to go to a tailgate party with that guy on Saturday, Frank. I mean, kindred spirits right there. I, I think, yeah, you know, Ooh, like, yeah. guys like James Prastio Jr. and company on the uh, defense for Utica and Jimmy Warren and uh, the rest of them out there uh, are probably absolutely eating this up. Uh, I'm a little scared. I might ask for extra security from Blaze Fagiano when I get there, uh, knowing that this is going on around there. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh Okay, yeah. <laughs> where do you go from there besides to our favorite horse, uh, well, some people's favorite uh, portion of this show, predictions. And you'll notice we have 11 minutes on the clock, which means we have 13 games to predict here. Uh, yes, you are leading uh, by five games right now. You've been creeping uh, back, though, Frank. You've caught up to me in the last couple weeks. I got I to gotta really sort of get something going here. Well, I'm going to get that going. And then I'm going to right. uh, flip the game here Taking so you get a, a slight head start on this. And then when I say go, I'll start the clock and you'll get to uh, tell folks all about your prowess on picking teams in Division Three. Here we go. Go. Yeah, this Merchant is going to be a tough one because... Cap <laughs> yeah, well, 
Yeah, because and and the and the Cardinals have looked pretty good this season. Merchant Marines' new quarterback has been a little hot and cold, but they did win last weekend in a shutout. Their defense is kind of finding their. Oof, I'm going to go with the Mariners, I guess. It's going to be a close call, but I don't know. They just, that triple option is tough, and so I'll take the Mariners in, in a high-scoring game, 45-42. to 42. Are you sure you want that? Because you just seem really uncertain in this uh, situation. Is that who you want to pick? I'm going with the, yeah, I'm going with the Mariners. This will not be a high-scoring game. This will not be a high-scoring game. They cannot win a shootout against Catholic. And so they're going to slow this game down, and they can do that with the triple option, getting first down after first down, and obviously breaking a few here and there, uh, to, you mm -hmm. know, get at least toward the end zone. Uh, I, so Merchant Marine does win this game, but a Merchant Marine win means lower scoring. 21-17 in favor of Merchant Marine is my guess on this one. In the CCC, okay. at University of New England, and I, I just haven't seen anybody in the CCC capable of stopping the defense of Endicott from dominating in a game. And so I don't see it changing here this weekend. Endicott wins this up in Maine uh, by the final score of 27-10. Hey, D3Football.com voters, top 25. Endicott should be number 25, not John Carroll. That's the that's that is a good thing. That, that they're on my ballot, they're, don't, but don't blame me on this. The okay? goals are the real. The goals are the real deal. They're going to win the CCC. They're going to host a, a playoff game just like they did last year. There, there's something special going on there in Beverly. So yeah, goals all the way. I think 31-17. Is it a trap game coming up here a little bit? Uh, Wilkes Adele Valley. I guess it's not a trap game if you know what you've got in front of you, but. Still, I, I think people have overlooked Wilkes. Do you give them a chance in this game? I think I think they're going to give DelVal a run for their money, but that defense with no the Nobiles and everybody else is just a little too tough. Um, I'll take the Aggies to win this game, lower scoring, like a twenty-one to seven. The real difference maker for me is Louis Barrios the fourth uh, because we didn't really see them having a quarterback of great value this season necessarily. Uh, to give that offense the he's shot in the arm it needs. Yeah, he's been gr doing a great job. And so I think he's consistent, and that's what they need right now, consistency as they start to you know get ready for probably the playoffs. Uh, so I'm going to give Del Valle the advantage here uh, by a score of 37-17. Okay, let's move over to Region 2, Cortland at Utica. I believe Cortland's No, it's Cort Cortica. <laughs> Uh, I believe Cortland is going to win this game. I mean, I, Coach uh, uh, yeah, Coach Fitzpatrick, I was going to say Fajiano for a second. Coach Fitzpatrick knows how to win these games. This is not strange land for them. They have had varying success in these types of games, though, over the years. Uh, and, you know, we've seen them fall off from the midseason undefeated stretch that they've got. But Utica, this is new. This is completely new error for them. To have this sort of, you know, drama behind a game, new. Cortland wins it because it isn't new to them by a final score of 34-30. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be a little more low scoring. I think the, the Dragons are going to have to lean on Alfano St. John. He's going to have probably like 30 carries. They're just going to grind it out. But, yeah, I'd like the Dragons to hang on in a close one, let's say 28 to 17. It's going to be one of the lines. I really think the lines will be where it is absolutely one here. 
uh, between these teams, as most games are anyway. Uh, staying in Region 2, Westminster at Grove City. Go ahead. Yeah, this is kind of a must-win for the Wolverines in many ways, and, and now Westminster is in the role of spoiler, but yeah, I think it's this game might end up being like that one that you saw up close and personal, Frank. It's going to probably be like a 17-14 tight game, but I'll, I'll give the Wolverines a little edge at home. I'll take GCC to keep things interesting, stay in the Pool C race. Let's hope they get a shot. By the score of? 17-14. Uh, first off, we never really did say Cole Konichka, was We hate seeing your season end the way it did uh, with the ankle yeah. injury. I mean, that, that that's sucks. horrible. And I know it was a, a stretch of games that you were not thrilled with yourself, uh, and you were trying to end strong in your career. But uh, d don't lose perspective here. You've had a great career. You're a great player, a great kid, a great guy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but you, you, we we do appreciate you, Cole. I remember uh, when you sent in uh, your video for uh, the spring season, one meant to you how yours was one that stood out uh, indeed a couple of uh, seasons ago. Uh, having said that, um, I need a game on you, and I think this is one where I can find it. Uh, Westminster upsets Grove City. Uh, it, this is going to be one of those weird games where the uh, Westminster defense probably has a big stand at the end by the final score of 27-24. Uh, going to Region 3, Randolph making a Shenandoah. Uh, it's tempting to pick an upset here as well on the road uh, for they're against uh, Randolph Macon, but I think Randolph Macon can handle the road scenario, and so I'm going to give them the win yeah. here 32-20. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. I think the Jackets are the team to beat in the ODAC, and uh, they'll swat the Hornets 35-17. Aha, Barry of Trinity. I think the Tigers at home, uh, coming off the bye, are going to be rested and ready to go. Uh, Tucker Horn and company will um, win this one, I'll say, 28-14. Lower scoring game. You know, it, it, this is an interesting game for sure, because with the break, with all the drama behind the last win and everything... Uh, Trinity, you hate to see yourself lose momentum, but it is nice to lick your wounds a little bit in that situation as well, because you know that was a knockdown dragout fight against Birmingham Southern two weeks ago. So, you know, I, I really want to see if Trinity responds and does what they're supposed to do as a number five team in the country or whatever they're at at this point uh, nationally. So I'm going to say Trinity wins. I'm going to call it a 28-17 to 17 game. But I'm not going to be shocked if Trinity's not trying to scurry in the fourth quarter to actually get that win. Uh, this is another, you know, as you said, with Westminster playing spoiler. Barry loves yeah. to play spoiler as well, I believe. And so watch out for that one. Albion at Trine. I've given you my uh, idea already that I believe Trine's going to pull off the upset at home. Uh, you know, finally, to be at home after pulling off two road wins is great for them in this situation, I think. And they win this game 31-27. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like the Thunder are going to do that too, but I guess just a little gamesmanship here. I'll, I'll pick Albion just to see if I can't, you know, extend my lead uh, a little bit there. Um, you know, the Brits have been pretty solid, so yeah, we'll see what happens, but yeah. Have I the score of? 35-31. Uh, okay, the same uh, area in scoring at least. <clears throat> Excuse me, DePaul at Ohio Wesleyan. 
Well, speaking of Tigers, I think these, uh, these guys are going to come out and they'll take care of the Shops, I think their, their nickname is, the Bishops of Ohio Wesleyan. So yeah, I'll take, I'll take the paw in a low scoring, let's say 17-7 type of game. Yeah, uh, the Battling Bishops to be exact. Thank you to d3football.com. Uh, battling Bishops uh, will uh, put up a fight here, but I think the paw is the uh, real I, I, the real deal in this game, uh, per se. Now, granted, the, the NCAC is another one of those conferences that could be a real mishmash in the next two weeks, and we don't know where it's going. But right now, I'm going to give DePaul the advantage in this one, 27-17. Uh, Next up, North Central at WashU. Do I think that on the road, North Central is in a, uh, a tough spot here? No. Um, we'll just leave it at that. North Central wins this game 52-20. to 20. Oh, wow. Okay, I think it'll be a little closer than that, but yeah. 48-28 um, Central North, from the North. <laughs> Chicago at Ripon, go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This is, it seems like this Rippin team with their coach retiring is on a mission. I think they're going to upset the Maroons a little bit, even though it's not really an upset because they're the undefeated team. Chicago has a loss. I'll take this one 17-14. Uh, Rip Rippin uh, held themselves together well last week when they probably should have lost the game toward the end as like four seemed to have a real control uh, in that fourth quarter or was trying to at least get that foothold. Uh, Rippin really did impress me uh, in that uh, period that I got to watch. Of that game and so I think that type of experience in a close game and this will be a close game is going to be key for Rippon at home. Rippon wins this game 21-20 close one. Whitewater at Platteville. Will Platteville create chaos of a previous unforeseen uh, scenario or previously unseen scenario I guess is what I'm looking for. The answer yeah. is no they will not. Whitewater wins this <laughs> yeah, game no. <laughs> by the final score of 27-14 to 14 as Evan Lewandowski finds a way through that Platteville defense. Yeah, I'll take the Warhawks. 28-17 seems about right. Pack loot at Linfield. Yeah, I think this is the Wildcats. Uh, they kind of need to make a little bit of a statement here um, to, to keep them at the top of that. Region 6 seeding, kind of thinking down the road. Pack Lou is a solid team, but I still think Linfield pulls away late, wins 42-21. to 21. That time's up. I can't even give you my answer. Uh, no, I, I will tell you that Linfield wins <laughs> <laughs> by the final score of 35-14. Uh, and that should do. I yeah, that is it uh, for yeah, these games. that's it. Yeah, we, we didn't, we didn't disagree on much. There's just a couple, so we'll have to see. If that means you pick up some games or not? Well, you know, if I pick up a couple games, I think we're in a position then where it's completely reachable. If I lose a couple games here against you, I think I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll ah, see where we that still goes. Got, we still got plenty of weeks to go. You know, we got three more three weeks, weeks of the regular season after this weekend. We got playoffs. Playoffs? Yep. 31 games in the playoffs uh, only uh, to predict. We will usually predict all 16 games on uh, week one. It's like and I got a lot of sun game. here. Okay. Yes, you do. Uh, it's coming in. So I, I guess that's uh, the sun trying to yeah. say get off the I'm air to... and come outside. Uh, any, uh, get out of here. Well, 
Well, uh, in terms of viewing, we know there's only one game to view on Friday night officially again. Uh, but on yeah. Saturday, how would you uh, take your viewing options exactly for those that are uh, looking to watch some great D3 football? I, I, I think that Cortica game has uh, got to be somewhere on your devices, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, probably at noon I would tune into Dennis and Wittenberg. That's a good uh, matchup out in in the Midwest. And then at one o'clock, you know, good luck. There's so many good games kicking off at the same time. Uh, you got the Cortica Utica game. You got Westminster Grove City, Merchant Marine Catholic. All the all the games that we've talked about are pretty much kicking off at one. Uh, two o'clock, you got Barry and Trinity, um, and then out in the Midwest, North Central, Wash U is at two. Whitewater, Platteville is at two. You can catch Linfield um, hosting at 4.30. And then later on, you get you know some of the, the night games out on the West Coast. But for the most part, it's going to be a little more of a condensed slate. So you're going to have to do your multiple device thing, watch on your phone, watch on your flat screen, iPod, pad, whatever you got, and uh, take it from there. Yeah, I, and again, the reason why we did what we did with me traveling to three games last weekend was because we saw this schedule beginning to consolidate to early afternoon Saturday games only. That's yeah. what happens is the weather gets cold as schools don't want to risk going to night games that are going to be frozen solid. Yeah, and I kind of appreciate that myself. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we're down to one game a weekend except in week 11 probably when we have some of that New Jersey Friday night action coming up. Um, yep. We'll see. Uh, how we do cover uh, these games, if what I said in uh, the Wednesday show comes uh, true, uh, and that is up to the teams that have to play the games. I mean, to have an undefeated versus undefeated in this direction in Region 2 uh, this week, and a possible undefeated versus undefeated in Week 9 in Region 2 as well, uh, down in Pennsylvania, yeah. I mean, that, that's unusual uh, to have that level of action that late for you know this much. And then possibly in Region 2, another undefeated versus undefeated if Cortland and Ithaca can make it all the way to the end in the uh, Cortica game at Yankee Stadium. To have three undefeated versus undefeated possibilities... That tells you their That's strength amazing, here man. in Region 2. I, I don't care what you, what you say about the Midwest, etc. They have strong teams. The y, or WEAC, excuse me, and the MIAC are obviously strong conferences. But stop. <laughs> a word I almost said I can't use on a live show. Stop being mean to uh, the uh, Region 2 folks uh, out here because they are holding up their end of the bargain here in the Empire 8 Delivery League and in... Uh, the uh, Centennial Conference, ultimately, a conference that we thought was getting off to an erratic start, but actually they're doing just fine so far based on what the expectations were, maybe minus Muhlenberg, but you saw Muhlenberg was still pretty yeah. close to Johns Hopkins last week. I know they're taking a bus up to um, pay respects to Gary Ardito, Chris Ardito's dad, uh, up to or the uh, Gilderland area here in upstate New York near Albany. Uh, actually, Voorheesville, I believe it is. And so uh, they've got a busy weekend as Muhlenberg. And our condolences again to Chris, his family, and the Muhlenberg uh, Mules and that football family. Uh, anyway, we are going to leave you now. I'll be on that sideline tomorrow in Utica. Uh, get you some uh, interviews on Sunday morning, most likely. And we'll have a lot of coverage. Uh, the good news is that with me only going to one game, we should be able to get out our crunch time episode a little bit more easily because a little less video editing on my end and travel and everything else means a little bit more time. So wish us well on that. 
JB, have a great weekend if I don't uh, get to talk to you directly, but I'll be watching yeah, your Twitter you, feed all weekend. Folks, be well.